Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. that we in. It's transformation time. I don't know about you, but it's time for some revival. It's time for God to do some things that we've been asking him about. He's giving answers. He's shifting us and he's moving us. But there's some things that we just don't quite understand. But I want you to know that you might not get it, but you'll get it in the end. But it's revival time. And you have to know it. You have to perceive it as Pastor said. You have to grab hold for the moment. Because you know what? You don't know what you're going to look like next year this time. I don't know what I'm going to look like next year this time. But you know what? I know that if I'm walking with Jesus, I'm going to look a lot better, Rhonda. And I think I look good now. But I think I'm going to look a whole lot better next year. Hallelujah. Amen. All right now. Come on. See, when it comes to revival, it talks about a rekindling of some things in your life. When we talk about revival, we talk about something that was living and something all of a sudden for one reason or another begins to dwindle down. The passion begins to dwindle down. The fervor begins to dwindle down. And so there's a moment that we need so that restoration can take place. There's a place where we come to where we say, you know what, God? I just need more strength because I'm weak. God, I need rest. God, you know what? I, I, I need a makeover. And so today, we're going to talk about it's revival time. Look at somebody and say, it's revival time. See, we don't just want to sit down and sit still when it's revival. When it's revival, you got to go get some things. There's some things you have to do in order to receive revival in your life. There, there, we just can't just say, okay, you know, yeah, revival is here, y'all. Praise God. So wonderful. Service was great. Hallelujah. Wake up, go to sleep. You know, just do the same old, same old. But guess what? It's time to break some routines. Time to get out of the way so that God can give you what you need. And so I believe gathering church, the place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ, the gathering church. Today I want to speak purpose to you. Because you know what? I was wondering, I was going before the Lord, and I said, God, what exactly is it that you want me to talk, talk to your people about? And um, the Lord basically began to talk to me again in regards to revival. I said, but Lord, that's what I spoke in Atlanta. And he said, uh-huh, and that's for your house too. And I said, well, Lord, so be it. And so before we get into the word, I'm just going to pray. But... There are three things that God is requiring of us in order for us to bring forth change. 
And I'm going to talk about what those three things are in just a moment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God. We thank you for this new day, this new season that we're walking into, God. Father, we don't want this season to pass us by, but we want to be standing in the middle of it and experience it. God, we want to walk out of this season knowing that we've been in it and we've been transformed, Lord God, in the process. So, Father, we give you our hearts. We give you our minds. We give you our mouths. We give you our ears. We give you our eyes. We give you, Lord God, our fingers, Lord God. Father, we give you, Lord God, our feet, God. Whatever you want us to do, whomever you desire for us to touch, Wherever you decide for us to go, we will go, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to receive and embrace that thing, Lord God, that you have in store for us during this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, amen. Hallelujah. There are three things that we need in regards to revival. But we're just not asking God for revival, but we have to understand the purpose that God has given to us during this revival. And so God has actually called us to be catalysts of change. But not just catalysts of change, but catalysts, he's calling us to catalyze or to serve a movement of unity during this time. And so I was actually reading a book that was actually written by a lot of um, Christian leaders in the city of New York. And they said when revival comes, there are three lessons that we must learn. The first lesson is a lesson of humility. We have to be willing to be unseen and unheard to promote other people. And I said, God, how does this apply to us? God says, look, it's about having a kingdom mentality in the city that you're in. So guess what? Your church has an assignment to do, but there's an assignment also for the kingdom. And you have to lock into that as well. And so, as I continue thinking, the Lord says, think about it. And I said, okay, God. I said, so you're telling me that we can't be stuck on our church? He said, yes. We can't just be stuck on, you know what? I got to be there when just my church is doing something. But when we as a whole, as a body of Christ, get together, we say, you know what? I don't know. I don't feel like it today, Pastor. I don't think I'm going to be there. But the same vigor and the same passion that we have in concerns to the vision of our church, we also have to take that same passion and that vigor and put it towards the kingdom of God and what God is doing in the kingdom. So the question is, what's happening in your backyard? That you're locking into. And so we have City Serve on August the 4th. And I said, okay, Lord. I said, so how do we do this? The Lord says, you must lock in to see change in your city. The gathering church by themselves cannot bring forth that change. You need the body of Christ. The Lord was not saying that we cannot make change in the city of Hackensack. But what the Lord was saying is, you can't do it all by yourself. That's like me saying, you know what, I'm making a change to the school system all by myself. 
guess what? Cammy Anderson going to say you're fired. Because you know what? You, if you're the only one bucking and kicking, then you're only one voice. One finger on that hand. So it looks like this. Everybody else is saying, it's all right. If it's all good and dandy, it's fine. If you're the only one bucking and kicking and convinced, that's you right there. But if you're able to get more people on board, now we've got a fist to fight with. We've got more people, more strength, more power to bring forth the change that's needed in our community. We can break up some ground. We can pull up some trees. We can bring forth life like never before. And God is asking us to be like that fist in our community. And you know what? If we're insecure about supporting it, I'm going to get real with y'all, then we got to do something about what we do. I'm going to tell you. And that means we got to step up our game as a gathering church and really go forth, that's right, in our mission. That means that we're not fulfilling our purpose. If we feel like our toes are getting stepped on, if we're exhibiting, if we're pushing so hard in one area and we're like, wait a minute, God, but you know, we're just pushing over here, but we're not pushing over here. Then God is saying, well, whose fault is that? So we have to make sure. And you know what? That goes in any area of our lives. It's like this. If I can't even give Marola a compliment because I got issues about me, then I got to start affirming myself so I could give her a compliment. And that's how we are right now. We got to make sure that, you know what? We do what we got to do. So that when the kingdom starts doing some stuff, we get on board and are confident in who we are and say, come on, let's go. Let's rock and roll. But it takes humility. Humility. See, when you do what you have to do, then it doesn't matter who sees you and, 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 and who's promoting you and who's not promoting you and, and who's saying what and who's not doing and who's... None of that bothers you because you're walking in purpose and destiny and power. And nothing can shake that because you know who you are and you know what you're about individually and as a church. It's time for a spiritual makeover. See, humility is a cornerstone of unity. And if we don't get that humility part right, there is no unity that's going to come. There will only be division and conflict and strife. So we have to make sure that we are able to humble ourselves, find our places, and position ourselves to support what God is doing in his kingdom. I was watching um, Secret Millionaire. I love these shows, you know. I have a few shows that we watch, Pastor and I. Secret Millionaire is one of them. And um, there was this one millionaire, young man. He's about 20, wasn't he in his 20s or 30s? He was about 27 years old. 
and he actually had he has three four girls four girls and he lives in the city of San, Di, um, San Diego San Antonio Texas thank, thank you best he lives in San Antonio the city of San Antonio Texas and what one of the things that he he decided to do um, he came on the show and he almost lost his life um, to a brain aneurysm and when he came, as a matter of fact, the doctors told his wife, you may not, he, your, your husband may not make it. Um, he was a diligent worker. He did what he had to do. You know, that's how he earned his money. Millionaire. So when he came out of the coma, he cherished life and spending time with his kids. And he began to spend a lot of time with them. And he just really revamped his entire life. You know, um, it was no longer, you know, just spending time at work, 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 but now it was work and it was kids and he was learning balance. But then he, he felt like there was more. There was more. There had to be more to this. So he went on the show and he basically said, I want to find organizations that um, are in need but are really making a change in their communities. And so he went in and he visited um, a few places, a few charities. One charity was, uh, it was actually a boxing, it was, it was an after-school program where they were actually servicing at-risk youth. And basically, I mean, they were working, you could tell blood, sweat, and tears went into it, but the heart of the owner was in the right place. And so he just, he, he was falling apart. He was falling apart. Um, and so he went to another place. And um, because this guy didn't have resources, now he goes to another charity. And with this charity, they also had a need. What happened was one woman, she would take food. She actually had a food pantry. And she would purchase all this food. She had about, I would say, a community of about 10 to 15 people working with her. And she decided she was going to give food to those in her community who needed it, especially like senior citizens, because they would pretty much go without. So he came and he decided to help her. And there were like over 100 cars lined up to receive food. The woman looked at him and he said, how do you do it? How do you do it? He said, she said, it's not easy. She said, sometimes we run out of food. She said, but, and, and, and it's to the point where I'm even running out of money. She said, but how can you turn around and tell somebody in need that you don't have it? And you know that you are actually better off than they are. She said, I can't do it. I can't find the strength in me to tell them no. After waiting online for two and three hours for food. And so he saw the need, and he went to a few other places. But when this man was done, his heart was so broken and so burdened that he said, I need to take time, not just for my family, but to give back to community. He said, I've never been down in this area. He said, I've been here. I've lived in San Antonio. 
He said, but I've never been in this area before for as long as I've been in this city. He said, but I recognize the need and I have to come back and visit and give of my time and not just my money. How easy is it for us just, just to give somebody some money and keep it moving? But God is not just requiring our funds, but he's asking us for our time. Our time. Now, this guy's a millionaire. He could find 50 things to do. He has a family. But he says, I have to make it a priority to get back. Let that be us. In your personal life, where are you giving back? That's a part of humility. It could be to just volunteering two hours on a Saturday somewhere or a Monday through a Friday somewhere. Ask God personally, what exactly or where exactly is he tugging at your heart in terms of giving? Humility. The second lesson that God wants us to learn is tenacity. But before I even go there, I want you to turn to Proverbs 22, verse 4. Proverbs 22, verse 4. And the scripture reads as thus, humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and life. In the story with this man, and in terms of what God is requiring of us, know that as you humble yourself, and as you walk in the fear of God, not only will it bring wealth and honor, but you will experience life. You begin to live like you've never lived before. And God calls us to an abundant life, to live abundantly. So know that as you go forth, that God will bring forth, as you're humble and as you fear him, there's going to be wealth, there's going to be honor, there's going to be life. Lesson number two is tenacity. When you think of being someone who is tenacious, that person is a, a stick-it-to-it kind of a person. On yielding, you know, that kind of person, it, it, they know how to, to be tenacious means to, to stick together. And so today God is asking us to be a church that sticks together. I was so blessed by the barbecue yesterday. So blessed. I mean, it was warm. It was, I mean, the weather was beautiful. Uh, the, the games were awesome. You know, it was, it was good to see everybody in a different element, in a different light. Because sometimes we could just come together just to work, but not to relax. And sometimes we got to kick our shoes off and just relax and say, hey, what's up? How are you doing? And that's what God is requiring us to do as a congregation. You know, we're loving, but there's more love to give. There's more love to give. And you know what? God is requiring us to come to a place where we're not just fellowshipping as we did yesterday together, but as Pastor said, we're praying together. Because you know what? Prayer 
brings unity. Sometimes we don't realize that, but in prayer you learn how to love people. God teaches us how to love when we're in prayer. You ever been upset at somebody? Try to pray. You upset at somebody and frustrated with them? You, I want to see you pray for them. Have you ever tried that before? You know how difficult that is? I mean, you really... Ooh, 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 ooh. Praise God. Because now what's, what's happening is, now God is testing the attitude of your heart. And the motives will come out. The true motives. You know? And we have to get to the place where we say, you know what, God? I, you, yes, this person's getting on my nerves. Yes, she shouldn't have said that. No, you know what? Oh, she better not. But you know what, Lord? They used to say blood is thicker than water. At the end of the day, we may have our differences, but you're still my brother and you're still my sister. At the end of the day, if the enemy comes up against you, guess what? I'm going to get in prayer for you. Because if you go down, that means I've lost. I've lost a sibling. I've lost a family member. So I've got a problem with that. So we may have our differences, but you know what? We need to get it together. We got to. We got to. Because if we're divided, you stand over and the enemy's like, and you turn around and be like, oh my God, what just happened? And guess what? You're like, they left Christ. What do you mean by they left Christ? I just saw them like six months ago. And God says, when I told you to pray, you didn't pray. You were stuck on what he did wrong to you, what she did wrong to you. You were so stuck there that you didn't recognize that they were just responding out of bitterness because you know what? They're going through a transition. They're going through their own transformation. And sometimes they're just being straight up silly. Come on. Come on. They're just being them. As my cousin will say, girl, you know me. I'm like, okay, but you need to change <laughs> so I can know you better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> Can't keep showing me the ugly face. I mean, kind of, come on, you can beautify it just a little bit. Just a little something, son. But that's what God is challenging us to do in this hour. To get over our stuff and step into a place of love. Step into that place of prayer. Step into that place of unity. Where we say, Lord, you know, not my will. That's where not my will came from. Because our will to do wrong sometimes. But he wills for me to do it right. But not my will. But thy will be done. All right, Lord. I'm moving forward in this thing. I'm not going to stay stuck on what they did, but I'm going to step into what God is going to do. And let me tell you, there's some people who come back and they, and they come back later. Like you pass that thing. You're like, what you talking about? Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you're like, what you talking about? Sometimes they don't come back at all. 
But you got to know God is handling his, God is doing his thing. And you got to leave it in God's hands and keep moving in purpose. Because that thing will hold you back from what God is calling you to do. So you might not realize it, but you just lost some power. You lost power to connect with somebody who, guess what? God may have locked up in them what you needed. The wisdom that you needed. The understanding that you needed. Because you know what? Another brother Earl is going to come along one day. And I got to know how to deal with another brother Earl. But if I run away from this brother Earl and run to the next brother Earl, I'm not going to know what to do. Because I didn't learn how to relate. That's, guess what? Learning how to relate is an art. But in the church, we've lost that art of connecting, of socializing. We, 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 we get stuck in, well, this is the way I do things. Guess what? It ain't all about you. It ain't about you. So you better get with the program. Hello. You see, you look around you, guess what? There are different things that everyone has. There's a different specialty. We got the nurse, we got the, the counselor, we got the musician slash you everything. <laughs> we, <laughs> hey, we got the, you know, we got the accountants. Come on now, we got the lawyer. Come on now. We, we got a little bit of everything. I don't know it all. Something will go wrong. Marola, I don't know, girl. I'm just itching. I'm not going to call Rhonda, Rhonda. I'm itching. I'm going to call Marola. I'm, I'm itching, girl. What do I do? Girl, it's all right. Praise the Lord. Hey. And I, guess what? I just got my release. Hello. I need to buy a car. Dwayne, Dwayne, Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda. Listen. Our finances are saying, no, but I need to buy a car. How do I do this thing? How do I work this thing around? That's how it works in the kingdom. You have what I need. And guess what? I have what you need. In a multitude of counselors, there is safety. When I go to wage war, I need guidance. I'm not just going to show up on my job. You know what, my boss? And start doing all the chicken neck stuff? Because guess what? I, again, I won't have a job. You know? <laughs> but I go to some godly people who seem successful enough on what they do, and I'm going to come and ask them, you know, for some counsel. Godly counsel. Let me stress that. Godly counsel. Because you know what? I, I hear them out and I take it to God. Not just hear them out and then move. I, I, I go before God, go before them, and go back to God. Get that? Not go to them and go back to God only. You go to God first, go to them, and then come back to God. And by doing that, then God will begin to open up your opportunities Hmm, really? I didn't realize I had that option. Wait a minute. Are you serious? Okay. Maybe I can, maybe I can do this other thing. Your alternatives 
and your ability to evaluate your choices become greater. So make sure you go and you say, God, show me. Show me how to love. Show me what I need to do. And then go to your brothers and your sisters because that is the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So let's see each other in prayer on Thursday, y'all. Let's be tenacious. Let's build that bond of unity. And if you're not able to make it for whatever reason it may be, guess what? Wherever you are, just pray. Pray about the vision of the church. Pray about the growth. Pray about the lost souls out there in the community. Remember us. Wherever you are on Thursday. Okay? And I... I, And don't forget those phone calls. Those phone calls make a difference. Or texts or emails, whatever it is that you're doing to connect with somebody on a weekly basis that Pastor talked about. Do it. Do it. Because guess what? At the end of the day, we're able to see each other grow and develop and become better people. The last, um, the second part of that is Let's not give up on just desiring to see the lost saved. You know what? Let me tell you. There are people out there who are hungry for God. But they're not going to listen because you have a Bible. You know, I, I heard somebody say, because you're a preacher don't mean somebody's going to want you to preach to them. You know what I mean? That doesn't give them the right to want to listen to you. <laughs> you know, so... But you have to be willing to care about what they care about. And if you care about what they care about, then they'll give you a little, like, peak of interest to figure out, like, what are you interested in? But if you just go to them and just want to tell them about you, then guess what? The door is shut. You've lost your opportunity to witness to them. So keep in mind that God is, is, is looking for us not to give up on those who are still seeking, those who are still lost, those who are, who are still asking questions. And some people, they won't give their life over to Christ the first time that you talk to them. Or build a relationship. Invest in the relationship. And you will see God do great and mighty things. Philippians 2, 3 says, you can turn there. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Tenacity. So we're going to be humble and we're going to be tenacious because we want to be catalysts or we want to serve the movement of unity. And so the last thing that God wants us, the last lesson, the third lesson that God wants us to learn is the lesson of intelligence. Believe it or not, God uses your intelligence to reach the people around you, whether you think so or not. And so God is challenging us today to to go out and find out more about our city, 
Sometimes we live in cities, and we have no idea where anything is in our city. You know, or we don't know the history of our city. You know, I, um, when I first started working in Newark, I told my husband, I was like, oh, my goodness. I said, this is really bad, but I feel like I'm a Caucasian woman walking the streets, and I'm from New York because of the culture. No kidding. Because of the culture. Okay? And the reason why I said that was because the nature of the people are so different from the people in New York. And so, yes, you hear about, you know, things happening in New York, but you really hear it happening in Newark. More than more more so than New York. Okay? And so it was just like, alrighty then. It took me a while before I actually said, all right, you know what? I'm comfortable here. And my husband will call me and say, honey, did you leave work yet? Did you leave work yet? I'm like, no, I'm leaving about six. Okay, could you please hurry up and come home? (laughs) Because there's always something that's happening, you know? But because, you know, I, I begin to adjust to my environment after a while, you know, and I'm with Jesus, so, you know, once I know God is with me, you can't tell me nothing. I'll walk anywhere. Balls will be exploding. I might hide a little bit, but I'll be there. <laughs> but if God sent me there, I, I don't fear. I don't fear because he's with me. But we have to know the history of our city. And not just the history of our city, but how about the history of our church? This church, you look around you right now, believe it or not, at one point, you see these lovely faces that you see? At one point, it was just Pastor and I. Can you believe that? History of your church. We're on a college campus, but we were actually in the ghetto of Hackensack. History of your church. We cater to the people who were there. Where we were are the people who they would say are on Section 8, quote, unquote, you know, not the affluent, but the people who, you know, are fighting drug addictions, that kind of thing. That's where we were, the history of our church. But we didn't mind being there coming out of Harlem because we were just about change. We wanted to see lives transformed, and we did. We affected families. They came out to our gatherings that we had, the love feast that we gave. That's why we still have a love feast, y'all. That's how the love feast all started. It started there at Central Avenue. You know? And so we have to make sure we, we find out more. We, we, we Guess what? We are offspring of Bethel, yes. And you know what? Out of unity we go. Because we realize God is doing something in New York, just like he's doing something here. So when we go on a fifth Sunday, it's out of unity. Not because it's going to be so wonderful and spectacular. We hope it's wonderful and spectacular. But we go out of unity to see our other brothers and sisters who are a part of this bigger system. So that we can also be an encouragement to them. 
can, they can be an encouragement to us. Sometimes you think that you're the only one struggling until you hear somebody else's story. So until you step out of your box, you won't know what's out there. And be strengthened by it. So I challenge you. I know it's an extra service. But if you can make it, come out and be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Amen. Another thing that we have to understand is the history of the people. Like I stated before, you know, you have to know the history of the people to understand how they interact and how they view things. You have to understand their journey. And guess what? The journey is different for every city and every town. Everyone, what's important to one city may not be important to another. So your challenge is to understand what it is that we have to understand what these people here in Hackensack, what do they value? I know we're in Teaneck, but the people in Hackensack, what do they value? Because we're trying to reach them. The people on the college campus, what exactly are they interested in? What, how can we reach them? I want us to think about that as a church. Because only then will change come. Only then will we experience unity. Because you know what? If it's just us, then we're just doing church. If we're just interested in us, if we're just saying, oh, we're here, it's a good service again. But we want to make sure as we become unified, we begin to gain understanding about what's going on around us in the lives of the people. That way we will have a greater impact. That way we're going to be able to see God move like he's never moved before. That way our, our, our transformation will be complete. Because it's not just about us. And we will see the difference between the before and the after. Why? Because God is the one who's transforming the hearts out there and the hearts in here. Amen? So I challenge you today. And I know it wasn't a jumping message but it's a sobering message. And I want to see the Gathering Church transformed more. And it's not going to be easy. It's kind of like that tooth coming up. You know, it doesn't feel good when it's coming in. It hurts. Sometimes you got to get some ice pack and put it on. You know, they, you know, they were doing my makeover and they started plucking. I was like, oh, do we really have to pluck? Can we do the wax? Sometimes we're like that with God. God, do you really have to pluck this? Do you really have to take this out? Do you really have to touch that? But God says yes. Because you know what? I, one thing I learned about plucking, oh, well, guys, you know, you won't necessarily need this. But uh, for the sisters around you, you know, uh, you know when, when, you, when you pluck, the hair takes longer to grow back versus waxing. So, you know, so what happens is during my makeover, they were plucking my eyebrows, and I went, oh, oh. She said, I know it's a little painful, but I'm, I'm so sorry, but I got to do it. And so let God do the plucking. Let God, and sometimes we say, Lord, do you have to use this method? If whatever method he decides to use, let him use it, because he knows that it's the best 
way to get results. So let's go. It, it is revival time. Revival time means there are responsibilities. Revival time means there are things that we have to do so that we can become alive again. So humility, tenacity, and intelligence are the three lessons that I challenge you today to grab hold of. Would you stand with me? I don't know if you've been, I hope you've been challenged by the message today. Um, We all have some work to do, including myself. There's some things that we have to do personally and corporately. But God is going to do it. And we have to trust him to complete the transformation. So we're going to pray. I'm going to um, have Pastor come up and um, lead us in prayer. But I really want us to think about what was articulated today. Um, there are a lot of people out there that we, are yet, we have not yet touched. But I want to touch them. I don't know about you, but I don't want to continue. I don't want to do church as usual. I think there's dynamic things happening in this house. But I think there are more dynamic things God is calling us to do. I want to see God do the exceeding and the abundant, not only on August the 4th, but after that. I want to see the Holy Spirit unction us as we're walking in our jobs, coming to church, and watch us move based on what He is doing in our hearts so that we're not afraid to witness, we're not afraid to reach out, we're not shrinking back, but we're stepping forward and saying, Lord, that's what you tell me to say, I'll say it. That's what you ask me to do, I'll do it. Not my will, but thy will be done. So if, if, you, if you have been challenged, just raise your hand today. If that is the prayer of your heart, I know it's mine. I know it's mine. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time, God, that we've been able to share. The worship was so sweet. And we thank you, Lord God, that we were able to sit at your feet again. God, we recognize that revival is a beautiful thing. But there are some challenges that you challenge us to to, to take on. And so we take on that that challenge this morning, Lord God, in terms of being humble. Lord, we ask that those innovative ideas, Lord God, for the house will begin to be stirred up. So that even as we, Lord God, would be asked to do things outside the house, we won't feel like it's a competition. Father, we pray that even in our own personal lives, maybe there's some things that we feel are are grabbing or having competition, Lord God. 
kingdom-wise, with, with our personal, in our personal circles, Lord God. But Father, we ask that you would show us how to do what we need to do personally so that when kingdom opportunity comes, we can step into it. And Lord, we pray, Lord God, in the area of uh, tenacity. Father, help us to, to stick together like we've never stuck together before as a church. God, we ask that we would stick together in prayer. We would stick together in fellowship. We would stick together, Lord God, in our corporate worship. We would stick together, Lord God, in Bible study. Father, that we won't, Lord God, allow one another just to, to go, Lord God, go off astray, Lord God, and that grab hold to them and pull them back. So we pray, Lord, that even as you give us words of encouragement, Lord, that we would share them. That as you would put burdens on our heart for one another, that we would pray them. No matter what the situation may be, Lord God, help us to live, Lord God, or be in relationship, that reconciliation kind of relationship, Lord God, where we're constantly reconciling with one another. So the enemy won't get a foothold and drag us off. So God, we bless you. We bless you for those prayers, Lord God, that we will pray and those outreaches that we will have. Lord, innovation is here and we're believing you for creative ideas to flow forth because you use each and every one of us in different ways, but nevertheless you use us to bring forth ideas, innovation, so that we can reach the lost and the hurting, so that we can be an encouragement to those in our communities. And so we ask, Lord God, that we would rise up. We would rise up, Lord God, so that even as they would see us coming, they would say, they're blessed. Those are the disciples of Christ. So God, we refuse to hide our lights under a bushel. And we grab hold, oh God, to the intelligence, Lord God, that you will give to us as we study the journeys of these people that we would encounter. As we study the, the history of our church. The history of our city. As we would come together in unity with other believers, God, we ask that you would help us to exhibit love. Greater love. And show us those areas, Lord God, that you're asking us to give of ourselves. You may be outside the gathering, maybe in the gathering. But God, we pray that we would not be disobedient when you ask to give you you ask us to give up our time. Help us to recognize that it's a wise investment. That in the future, when we get to heaven, we will see the reward. So we thank you, O oh God, and we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.